I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What is up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. It's fantastic. This is the show where two nerds sit in front of microphones, try to find the sweet spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. This is episode 166. Phone be buzzing. Because we're on fire. Dumbass forgot to put it on sound. The, the streets is hot. They're like, yo, what's happening on the Geek Down? And I'm like, listen, language learning notification. <laughs> I'll get to you later. <laughs> Is we've got an episode to record. August Watcherama continues to roll on. If you have missed any episodes of August Watcherama and you'd like to go back and get caught up or get caught up on any other of our 165-ish episodes, soundcloud.com slash geekdownpod. That's where they live. That's where they hang out. Chilling on the stoop. This temperate August weather. We've got iced tea. Before, before second summer rolls on in September. Where it's like, oh man, it's fall. Pumpkin everything. And then it's 35 degrees. Yeah. And you're drinking pumpkin spice lattes. Leave it until November. All right, ladies and gentlemen who enjoy pumpkin spice lattes and anyone in between. I like pumpkin spice. We know this. I've confessed several times to being a basic bitch. But get it with ice or something. It is hot in September. My birthday, so everyone knows, this is Friday, September 20th this year. And most birthdays... I have had outside. I had that uh, tea slash croquet party where I got stung by wasps and bitten. Um, I had a, a birthday at the island. Uh, I've had a various outdoor birthdays because in at least the golden horseshoe, September is a continuation of summer. Summer goes till September 22nd this year. Calm down. Shot fired. Got the golden horseshoe. What about your golden triangle? What? How's that doing? I don't need it right now, do I? <laughs> it's not cold. I will need it come November when I have my pumpkin spice latte. And my hands are cold. Friends, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh my God, I need this all the time. Forever. We have ways we can accommodate you. Either give us a follow at SoundCloud, as previously mentioned, or if that's too much work. Which we get. We understand. We know. We have a way. That it can be brought to you. We forgot to mention him last week. We're so excited to be back. Oh, well, we had a lot to cover. I hope he understands. He wouldn't tell me one way or the other. No, because he only texts me. He does. Who is he? Chauncey Frostelicus Le Troisième. Good French. Writing his Rainbow Pegasus of Friendship. Unicorn Pegasus. Forgive me, Philip. Unicorn Rainbow Pegasus. Unicorn Rainbow Pegasus. Pega Una Rainbow Friendship. Philippe. <laughs> Philippe. <laughs> Philippe est un bon bel cheval. <laughs> he is a bel cheval. Brings you those episodes. They both bring you those episodes directly to your device, just like into your phone every week. You don't have to do anything. Nope. Just hit subscribe wherever you get your audio content. There's a bunch of places. If this seems confusing, you're scared, you're afraid. You You'd like to know more? You have concerns, you can contact us on most social medias, pretty much all of them. Yep. At Geek Down Pod, mostly Twitter. Twitter. Easiest way to get at us. And if you love everything you're hearing and you want to show us your love by buying it. Which, hey, you know what? Our love can we, be bought. I was going to say, we used to have scruples. Not anymore. Totally 
you can buy our love either on a monthly plan of one, three, five, ten, or twenty-five dollars at Patreon.com/slash/GeekDownPod, or just you know do it however you feel. Leave it up to you. Yeah. No pressure. No, of course not. Whatever, you, whatever you want. Yeah. It's gonna be three bucks, but I mean, you can do it once, yeah. twice. Yep. Three times a lady. However you feel. I want to sing that song now? <laughs> um, Ko-fi.com/slash/GeekDownPod. Yeah. Do Buy what, us a coffee. Do what you feel. No pressure at all. It's a very, very no pressure environment here. We also feel that way about, you know, an order to the things we talk about, actual notes, uh, telling you guys about the plots of things we're watching. Very loose. Having, you know, insightful observations. Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes, Sometimes. no. What are you going to yeah. get, get this week? It's a surprise. And that's how we like to do it here. What a twist. All we're saying, friends, you do you. It's a totally respectful thing to say to somebody. I like that. I have a podcast. I can do whatever I want. <laughs> Friends, we have topics left over from last week, even it's though a we, bunch are, of stuff. we are technically out of time because Caitlin's not here on normal recording day. No. She's a g- 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 ghost. I am. A g- 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 girl and a g- g- ghost. And oh. I'm g- 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 great. <laughs> and she's I- I- entertaining. <laughs> What's going on? Her friend, Ren. Her former host. Now she is the host. Yes. Who was once the host Ed is now the hoster. It's going to be wild, guys. She's she's so anxious about it. I am so anxious about it. Oh, man. She's going to be busy. So when I'm trying to like blow up her, her spot, be like, what's happening? I just, I just, I want to do a good job. I want to show her fun things. But she like lives in Vancouver and I'm in Hamilton. It's hard, man. It's hard out here for us hammerheads. Hammerheads. Good Lord. I just made that up using it all the time now I'm screaming children um so we have topics left over because yep. we still had a very lengthy break and good lord we were not going to tell you everything we had no, we gotta save it so uh i had a jaunt back home to the homestead excellent the palatial ferguson estate <laughs> not don't need to go into everything i did there taco showdown was fine sounds sounds delicious tacos were shown and downed yeah they were Killed that. Killed that. Uh, eat at Camellas, I believe. Camellas in Royal Oak. Those are tacos. Was our pick. My one, my one uh, miss of the taco showdown was there was a lady luchador walking around. <gasps> People were taking photos. And by the time I was like, man, eh, fuck it. I'll get my photo taken with the luchador. She was gone. And then you regretted it. She's gone like the wind. And I'm like, man. I'm shaking my head. I should have paid $90 to get my photo taken <laughs> <laughs> with the lady luchador. Um, but what I really want to talk about is folksy racism. I, I don't know that folksy racism needed the air horn. <laughs> I just... Let me point that out it's there. It's better than regular racism. <laughs> I, I guess. Fine. Folksy racism. I can't hear it, but I'm sure it's appropriate. There's a boo. Yes. Boo. Boo to folksy racism. Uh, has been, I think has been established on the show before. What I refer to as folksy racism, is that racism that isn't necessarily fueled by hate it's fueled. it's not like the racism you see in like you know when you see guys with fucking tiki torches like yeah. marching through charleston it's like just that weird kind of like if you really stop to interrogate it you would see it's yeah. racist it's 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 uh racism via ignorance and not being exposed to things and being in a bubble some people don't know that colored is not an acceptable way to refer to people 
They do not. It's not even, I know it's hard to believe, but it's just, it's legit. Yeah. There's still people in this world who just, they never really heard that. No, No one ever really weird. told them that we were off colored as a descriptor or oriental or things like that. Ooh, yeah. Don't do that no more. I mean, I have told people before about uh, saying, referring, I know, I'm going to get written, the people are going to write to me about this. And this is a while ago. Well, they never write to us about anything. That's not true. Um, it's pretty bad. I referred to uh, the continent of Africa as the dark continent. Wow. Because I thought it was just like a folksy term they used in 1800s England to refer to... It an, was unknown. To refer to unknown. That is not what they ref- why they referred to it as that. And... And I knew better, and someone corrected me, and I was like, I will never say that again. Except when I'm telling the story about how you need to just, like, accept that you were being terrible and not do it again. But anyways, back to folksy racism. <gasps> so, it, it is many forms in my visits to Southern Ontario. Right. It's been a bit of a shift this time. Oh. A bit of a twofold. Um, one, observational. One, culinary. <laughs> Okay. The observational is just when I would hear people comment, observe, mm-hmm. that like, you know, there's a lot more same sex and mixed families on television and in commercials these days. Right. It's not a racist statement, but it's like, are you celebrating or criticizing? And maybe neither, but you can't really tell. Can't really tell. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. I'm going to give benefit of the doubt on that one and hope that it was like. That's great. Yeah. Like, that's I, really nice. I like that. Yeah. But when it's just like, you, you see that more and more. Look, you wouldn't have seen that back in the day. Like, mm. oh, okay. I don't. Mm. What do we prefer? <laughs> what do we prefer? I don't know. Mm. And the other one was uh, a sort of concern that spice is assaulting. <gasps> Good Christian Protestant food. There's jalapenos and everything. Oh, no. Everything's chipotle. <laughs> chipotle. Chip- I love, I love chipotle. chipotle. <laughs> oh, my God. I love chipotle. <laughs> and how this is just an affront. I'm being assaulted by the amount of... By flavor. By, by flavor, yes. That was new to me. Wasn't expecting that one. Right. Again... Not outright racist. It's not like, fuck Mexicans. No, no, it is not. <laughs> it's like, your food is terrible and I want it nowhere near me. Which I mean, uh, just a preference, I guess. Yeah. Feels kind of targeted. <laughs> so yeah, that's uh, that, that was the only like head tilt moment. Just like, oh. Head tilt moments. Hmm. Just like, really? That's, that's what we're going in on now? Food. Jal- jalapeno flavor? Taste. Taco seasoning? <laughs> Flavor. Just, you know, just put some paprika on your egg salad, man. You know, as, like as, as you as you uh, said, they were not putting, this is not the part of the world where they put paprika no, no, on uh, No one on wants salad. paprika on their potato salad no. in southwestern Ontario. Don't come for me if you love paprika. I'm just saying, like, like sriracha is like barely a thing down there. That's weird. That is weird. So weird. I mean, I don't like things because I have a baby mouth. <laughs> Um, but I mean, I like flavor. Honestly, my own weird folksy racism, I almost, I almost said reverse folksy racism. Oh. Where like, as we left. Yeah. To go get back to Windsor and surrounding area, you know, we stopped in at a rest stop 
late, mm-hmm. maybe like you know ten. Stopped in at a rest stop, and like the staff of the like, you know, KFC, all white kids, right? And they're all real chatty. They want to ask about like where you're going and what you're doing. Oh and no! I turn, I turn, I turn to Mr. Malachi. I was like, Mm-mm. nope, <laughs> no, God, please, I don't no, like this. No. Don't. Don't want this. You know what I want? I want a 47-year-old Filipino Tia. <laughs> Who is just really tired. Just really tired. She's not mean, but she's not making conversation. She just no. wants to take the money and we'll smile at each other and that's it. And off we go. Like, that's what I want. Yeah. Don't be asking me where I'm going or what I'm doing or how long we've been traveling. Like, listen, Josh, I don't, you don't need to know. Like, <laughs> you don't need to know my life, Josh. Just back, just back it up. Josh wants to know. He's never been, never been away from home. And like I said, yeah. like I said, he's <laughs> just been. He's just been out the Tilbury, <laughs> Tilbury rest stop, Tilbury on the run for. That fascinates me, by the way. I low key like want to like tail people who work at those rest stops in the middle of nowhere, and ask that them means you, questions. That means you live there. Like, yeah. what's that like? It's got to be weird. Fuck, man. <laughs> All day long, you're just talking to people who got out of the place. Yep. Whether temporarily or permanently, they got out of the place they didn't want to be in. Mm. Mm. Like, I went to the no frills with my dad, and I was like, look at all these white people. That's weird. <laughs> there are white people behind every till at the no frills. Yep. It's like, that's that, that's a big deal? Yes. Yes. It <laughs> is. Very strange. <laughs> I, w- I want a 37-year-old Trinidadian woman <laughs> ringing up my groceries. Yeah. Um. Also, Scotland. Kate went to Scotland, y'all. That's a white place. <laughs> Soup's white. It's weird. It's, it's, I mean, like bigger cities, of course, there's more diversity, but just like realizing that you're looking around and you're like, everyone here is white. That's wild. So weird. Everyone here is a white? No, is white. Just like. (laughs) Everyone here is a white. It's a white person. No, it's just, is everyone here is white? Nothing wrong with that. It's just, it's a strange observation. Um, had a great time. Got to see family. It was a lovely Weather was weirdly amazing. So when I was packing, I had all my long pants and my sweaters. Yeah. And there were a pair of shorts. Scotland, time to get that drizzle on. Like. Time to get that drizzle on. Uh, there were a pair of shorts sitting there. And I was like, I have never needed a pair of shorts in Scotland. I'm not bringing shorts. It's ridiculous. Do you know what I needed? <laughs> and then Europe was like, guess what? Hottest <laughs> summer in recorded history. I needed shorts. I needed to shine my pasty ass legs onto the world. And thank God I packed some skirts because I would have been dying if I hadn't. Uh, It was very weird. And even the mainland was getting like a torrential downpour. Things have flooded. There had been some landslides. A levee almost broke and flooded a town. They had to evacuate. But meanwhile, the Isle of Call and the Hebrides... There was a bubble of just, like, amazing weather. Every single day was amazing. Even if it rained a little bit in the morning, by 11 o'clock, it was fucking beautiful. The birds were singing. Sheep were doing their thing. It was awesome. So I went to a lot of beaches. Took a lot of pictures of me at beaches. It was great. Loved it. Your girl looked good. Not gonna lie. I think I freaked her out because I was like, "She, lo- you look so pretty. Like, <laughs> like blew up her message. She was like, what is happening? Yeah, He's never told out. me I look pretty in like seven years of friendship. No, I don't But like she did. Uh, and so I was having Happy a good time. and full of sun and yes, yeah. having a good time. Also though, no swimming. When people are like, oh, did you go swimming? I was like, ha ha, no, it's the North Atlantic. I would die. <laughs> also jellyfish. 
Also jellyfish? Yeah, everywhere. Just jellyfish everywhere. You're laughing like it's not a thing, but it is. How's uh how's your ass in that airplane seat? Um, it was okay. Uh, I was uh, on the way back. Y'all know this is my primary concern, y'all. Yes. Um, on my way back, I was beside some really annoying people. Uh, I don't know. I don't know if I was just irritated because, you know, you're in a plane and it's irritating. But I just I did not like them. I wanted them be, to be quiet. Like armrest down, snug, or digging into you. Um, armrest down, snug. Um, when you're on the aisle, of course, you can pull up the armrest. Right. So you've got extra, uh, like, fold-out room. <laughs> For my fold. Uh, no, that's, that's, that's apparently the thing. That's the fat fuck test. Like, yeah. I get both armrests down, and you can't, they give you one seatbelt extender if necessary. You can't strap your ass in. Oh, you should be fine. I hope so. Yeah. We're going to see, though. Free taquitos at work got me off that salad train last <laughs> last week, but we get back on the fucking kale, y'all. And uh, the avocado toast. Yeah, Caitlin. <laughs> that's friendship. As Caitlin's telling me a story, and I realized there's no good way to eat avocado toast that doesn't, like... Get everywhere. Unless you're, like, maybe with a knife and fork, but I mean, come on now. Yeah, that's ridiculous. Um, I just could feel, like, gobs of avocado going into my mouth. I was like, this is the ugliest thing. This is the ugliest I've ever been right now. Didn't even notice. Didn't even notice. Friends, it's called love. Yep. And friendship. Friendship is magic. <laughs> As Philip and Fastacus uh, the third know. <laughs> Chauncey just straight up mon on avocado toast. Yeah. And Philip's like, I got you, bro. Yeah, whatever. Just keep it out the main. Yeah. You'll be shampooing me later. <laughs> Someone draw me. <laughs> it's Chauncey shampooing Philip. Guy, where have you been? Well, I believe we should probably save the bulk of the front half of the show. To what I'm affectionately referring to as Contact Gorge 2K19. Okay. <laughs> All right. Because, man, you can shovel a fucking lot of it down your pie hole. There's a lot, in guys. Thir- in 30 plus days. It's a lot. I don't even think I have it all. You took very meticulous notes earlier. Maybe I'll let you start while I pick my brain. Well, see, it's different for me because I go back to things a lot more often than you do. Caitlin, I told you last week, if this is nothing but fucking Forensic Files and Murder, she wrote. It's not nothing but. I'm just saying. Don't be surprised if I mention things that I've watched several times before. Mm. Including Murder, she wrote. Making my way through second season. Especially on the plane. Hey, when you are stressed out because you do not like planes and there is turbulence, you want comfort television. And that's what Murder, She Wrote was. I need to be distracted by the jewels, okay? The jewels, the glamour. The bobbles. The lighting, the soft lighting of 80s detective television. I need that, okay? Um, The stability of Jessica B. Fletcher. That's what I need. Uh, I also watched some old movies. Uh, I watched A League of Their Own. Why not? Right? It's a classic movie. It's great. Um, I also watched both The Mummy and The Mummy Returns in hopes that I could build up the nerve to watch The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor, and I could not. What is that? It is the third movie in the installment of The Mummy series, where, what's her name? Rachel Wise, Wise, Wise. She she wasn't in it, and they just recast her. And I was like, how could you possibly do Did that? Did this go straight to video? I've legitimately no. never heard of this movie before <laughs> this moment. I have never seen this movie. Tomb of the what? The Dragon King. Sure. It had what's-her-face in it. She's famous. She played Captain Giorgio. 
from Discovery. Oh, yeah, she was in Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon. Michelle Yeoh. Yes, Michelle Yeoh was in it. And uh, House of Daggers. No. Um, um, yeah, very famous. He's in so many movies. Jackie Chan. No. Jet Li. Jet Li. I'm pretty sure Jet Li. You need a Dragon King. And I can't work myself up to it because I'm so mad that they didn't just like make her be off on another adventure. Or look, okay, I know it was that time of of that time of our life where they would have just they should have just killed her, okay? Because they wouldn't do something cool like just having her working at the British Museum, okay? They should have just killed her, brought in somebody else, right? But don't recast Evie. It's ridiculous. So I can't work myself up to it. I tried. Tell me if I'm wrong out there, but I just can't do it. New things I watched. What? Yeah, I know. Um, Destination Wedding. It was actually really good. I was very surprised. You would love it. I'm totally making you watch it. It's Destination Wedding. It's the new uh, rom-com with um, Winona Ryder and... Oh, God. Yeah, um, yeah. Matrix. Keanu, Keanu Reeves. <laughs> Matrix. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Keanu Reeves. Um, it was actually quite good. I really enjoyed it, and I know you definitely will. I'm sure of it. Um, so I did not watch Forensic Files, but I have watched a forensic show on Netflix called Exhibit A, mm-hmm. which is all about how forensic science can be used. For evil. Exactly. What? Yeah. And they're really hard to watch, just FYI. Interesting, but very difficult to watch. Why difficult? Um, because they bring up the other side of it, uh, mm. what they call junk science, where they have like someone who's not a specialist but is specialist in something else in these small like rural courts be mm. like, this is definitely blood spatter, and then this is why this person killed somebody, but then they go back and they dig further and it's not really blood spatter and they're not sure and people are in prison for life. Like, there's just... So many issues, and they need to really up the standardization of forensic science. Um, and it just it, it sort of shows all that. These people who are put away for life on very li- little evidence and sort of the twisting of the justice system and forensic science and the justice system. So it was really, really interesting, but really hard to watch. Because, of course, you know, there are... You know, people's lives are at stake, are on the line. Yeah. Um, I tried watching Another Life, which is a new sci-fi on Netflix. has Katie Sackhoff in it. And I could not because it was trash. Trash. CGI is great so far. Um, It looks like they did really great casting, but the script is complete and utter trash. You should be ashamed of yourselves. Could not get through the first episode. Not even the first. Not even the first. Rule of three does not apply. Couldn't even do it. Nope. Um, I have also attempted watching Tales of the City, the 1990s. Based based on the novels by Armistad Mopin. (laughs) Yes, actually. Um, They sort of, they relaunched it on Netflix and put all the old ones up. Um, Oh, there were old ones. Yeah, oh. uh, Tales of the City from from the 90s, very weird. I don't think I could get through it. I don't know where the plot is going. Please tell me if I'm wrong. I would like to like this. There's sort of like a, 
uh, oh, what's that kind of thing called? Something fiction, mystical fiction, magical realism. There right. it is. There you go. Magical you realism. All by yourself. Yeah, look at that. I just had to say a bunch of words. Um, magical realism going on, and I want to really like what's going on, but it's just been very weird so far, and there's been a lot of drugs. It's been, been strange. And that's about it. That's pretty good. Man, the metadata on this episode is going to be a fucking nightmare. Crazy. <laughs> so many hashtags. This is what we talk about, though. Fandoms. We've got a bunch of stuff. Bunch of stuff. Well, before I get into the things I watched by choice, okay. let's get into the things I just had to watch. Because? For lack of, lack of, lack of options. All right. Was visiting the parents. Yep. Part of the things I... One of the things I greatly enjoy when I go home is doing nothing. Absolutely. SFA. I know my mom's always like, you know, so is this fun for you? Like, we don't we don't do much. We're not, one step up from dead on the excitement scale. I'm like, yeah, you know what ain't here? Work. Or work email. Greatest thing ever. Or, you know, dealing with, you know, inbound or any of that. Yeah. You know what's here? My book. My waifu games. My tappy tapping. Yep. My Japanese lessons. That's about it. That's all you want. I didn't finish that book over there, but I read like two thirds of it. That's good. That's most fucking I've read a book in a long ass time. But part of doing SFA when you're back home is chilling out, watch TV with your dad. Sounds good. Now, my parents do not have any sort of cable package. Right. And the only subscription service they have is Netflix. But Netflix is running. This reminds me, it's actually probably a good idea for uh, a. Christmas present for them now that I'm thinking of it is some sort of alternate access route for Netflix or you know, like a Chromecast or Apple TV or something like that. Cool. Because he was uh, accessing it through like his Blu-ray player. Right. Which was a clunky experience at best <laughs> in the first place. And now it's just not really working. I don't know why. But anyway, for that reason, it's basically a lot of straight up terrestrial television. Okay. Like ABC, NBC, CBC. All of that. That's it. Your yeah. major networks. I have some observations about standard network television. Okay. In the summer, it's a fucking free-for-all. <laughs> and it is the wildest free-for-all. So with very few exceptions in the summer, terrestrial television features no scripted programming. It's all game shows and, like, obstacle courses. Oh, okay. I'm not even joking. Like, game shows you haven't even heard of. Like, Amazing. Some of them I heard of, like that one, um, with the Wall, which is like where, and they're all like produced by LeBron James. It's the weirdest <laughs> thing. Or like Steph Curry. Like this is what basketball players get into. They start producing weird reality and game shows. Okay, all right. Wild. The Wall is like LeBron James going like, man, what's the best part of the price? Of the Price is Right. It's just the Wall game. The plinko. Yeah. So just let's just make a giant plinko board and figure that out. Oh my god. What made this one awesome was it was these two gay dudes. Yeah. And they, they spice it up because you're paired up and then one person gets locked away to answer trivia questions and that determines how many balls you get to drop. All right. And then when it's all said and done, they calculate like a minimum buyout type of thing. All right. And the person in the room makes the final decision if they take the buyout or they have no idea what's been happening outside. Oh my God. It's very stressful. So they hand you this thing and it's like, hey, you could walk out here with like 90 grand right now. You don't know what you're sitting on. You might have nothing out there. Right. Or you might have... You know, $2 million. Right. You don't know. Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah. 
what ends up happening is, on this episode that I watched is like they were like trying to save money to like adopt like a baby, <laughs> and the guy took the buyout. Oh my god! And they had <laughs> so it's them talking, and it's like you know eight ninety thousand dollars could change our lives and we could bring our baby home. Blah blah blah. So I I signed it, and his husband was like, "Well, ninety thousand dollars is a little less than the nine hundred thousand dollars we stood to make out here." Oh my god! But it's okay, and I love you. <laughs> I'm like, woo! That, ca- that car ride's gonna be awesome. But so, so I had heard of that one before. I'd right. seen that one before. There's this other one with like a giant wheel to spin, like, and the people who host them is what's crazy. Dak Shepard hosting this one. What? Elizabeth Banks is hosting like Press Your Luck. What? I gotta assume she's producing it. Like, I'm not making this up. Like, it's it's so press, weird. It's Press Your Luck. Joel McHale's hosting Card Sharks. Like, huh? What is going on on television? And Press Your Luck is like, they didn't even update the graphics. Oh. Like, Press Your Luck was like, yeah, big money, no whammies, like that shit. And then you yeah. get a whammy in a little cartoon. I loved it when I was a kid, right? A little cartoon whammy would come up, make a bad joke, take your money and run type of thing. Yeah. It's the exact same, like, animation from, like, 1986. Bizarre. Soup's bizarre. The one I could not wrap my head around, a show called Beat Shazam, which is essentially just name that tune. Okay. And it's like... Identify the song before Shazam can. Right. Gotta assume he produces as well, but hosted by Academy Award winner Jamie Foxx. What? What is going on, Jordan? This is weird. I legitimately was sitting there like yelling yelling at my father like, he has an Oscar. What is he doing? What is he doing? I think his daughter's on it too, so I don't know. It was like a fun like vanity project for him. I'm sure he's getting paper from it, but like it's just so, so weird. He's hosting bizarre. a fucking game show. Like- Oh, and that's not even like the obstacle courses. So you got like American Ninja Warrior, and then there's another one. Who the fuck was it hosted by? Tim Tebow. LeBron produces this one as well, I think. Where it's like, I you guys can't see my face, but it is it is the face of someone who is I perplexed. Tried to tell you it was wild. Like I felt, I literally felt like I was on another planet. Like, <laughs> like, and also because it's like there are commercials. Right. Like actual commercials. Which and is weird. What I'm get it, getting is if it wasn't for the pharmaceutical in, industry, like. Uh, network television wouldn't exist. No, that's true. Everything is an ad for a diabetes pill that'll make you want to kill yourself. Great. So yeah, these obstacles, so you have like American Ninja War, everybody knows that. Then there was this one where it was a bunch of obstacles kind of in like a four mile radius, I guess. Okay. And you had amateur athletes who could do them in whatever order they wanted to. Right. And they could, after everyone they finished, they could opt out and head home. Basically, like, scale a three-story building. Huh. Or try to go to the next one. But the thing is, after, like, two minutes, you start getting chased by, like, a fucking professional parkour or, like, <laughs> super athlete type thing. Okay. Nobody won. Oh, my God. Nobody got any money when I watched this episode. Um, you know, it's like, it's like some girl who, you know, some teacher who runs marathons in her off time and does Pilates getting chased by, like... Think she stands a chance against this fucking like parkour ninja flipping ninja, you know, ninja warrior champion type thing. It's like, no, Suzanne, this is not gonna, <laughs> this is not your occupation. Um, so yeah, just every night there was some like weird fucking game show obstacle course. The one I didn't get to see because it just didn't line up, but my dad told me about it is like a giant mini golf type of thing. Uh, That's the one Steph Curry produces. I don't know. I don't remember what it is. Ellen DeGeneres has one where basically she just like dunks on people for like an hour. Like, oh my god! 
The weirdest shit. I did see a couple of uh, scripted things that were not just reruns of The Big Bang Theory, which my dad thinks is fantastic. So does my mom. Still loves that show. So does my mom. She Still loves that show, that show so much. And he will always like reference people in relation to The Big Bang Theory. And I'm like, yep. you know I don't watch this show. Yep. yep. He played uh, He played What's-His-Face's uh, brother on, on Big Bang Theory. I was like, I, you, <laughs> you know I don't know anything. Of the I may have mentioned this the last time I was home when I was recapping a visit where like I'd watched so much Big Bang Theory that I realized I noticed the father from Young Sheldon played a bully on Big Bang Theory and I was like I cannot deal with this time paradox. You're, right you're like cannot. This is not. No. Nope. nope. I'm out. That was a bridge too far. Um, I did see two scripted things. Y'all, Modern Family is still on. Yes, this is their last season apparently? Is it? All yeah, right. they like, just started uh, filming. Like new episodes. Like uh-huh. the oldest. Phil Dunphy's going to be a grandfather, like his youngest daughter's pregnant, yeah. like Jake and, or the, you know, Al Bundy and sexy Colombian Wade. Yep. Vergara. They have like a, I don't, I don't know how it happened, but like they, there's a toddler now because I guess Manny, yeah. Manny got too old. got to get a new cute one in there. Yeah. Like that's really weird when like a sitcom goes so long that like none of the characters are in like the same position, which I uh, guess. I never watched it, so. It's just it's odd. It's real odd. And not as funny as I remember, because I did watch it semi-regularly mm-hmm. back in the day. This That could be why this may be their last season. Maybe. And the thing I said to Kate, which I was not expecting, because they apparently are airing it in the summer. It was originally a CBS All Access show, and they're just airing it in the summer. Y'all, the good fight's kind of fucking dope. Yeah, I remember you had messaged me. I was like, huh? Great job. Great job, Baranski. Good job. Um, good fight was a spinoff of The Good Wife. Stars Christine Bransky as a high-powered lawyer who I guess gets, I guess the plot is she gets like bankrupted by a, you know, Bernie Madoff like Ponzi scheme type of thing. Right. Um, and she takes a job at a prominent black law firm. So she's like the only white lady at the black law firm. Mm-hmm. And the cast is ridiculous. The Doug from The Hangover's in there. Um oh. Delroy Lindo plays her boss. Louis Gossett Jr. turned up on this episode as like the original founder of the law firm who doesn't like the direction they're taking. They're not doing enough for the Delroy Lindo's like, we got to pick our battles. And he's like, no, I'm taking my firm back. You don't do enough for the the cause, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it's a melodrama, but it was was good. You can have a little (laughs) melodrama in your life. And because it was CBS All Access show, there was all this like muted swearing and shit. (laughs) I was like, damn, that was weird. Damn, son. Um, So that was kind of all the stuff I stumbled across that I had to watch. The one, yeah, the one thing I want to mention up top that I I consumed. Friends, we haven't been to Waifu World in a while. Uh, that's true. I mean, I don't really think we always need to go there. Life on Waifu World continues apace. Okay. We need to go into the finer details of my gaming. But what I will say is that Waifu World Two, aka. Bandery, Bang Dream, Girls Band Party, whatever you want to call it. Yep. Did a thing where they, um, so most of these games will have events. Yes. Right? That require you to, like, create a new team of characters to get the best score. Mm -hmm. And then there will be little stories that attend to these as well when you get little episodes, vignettes in the story as you go along. Right. And these stories really kind of flesh out the characters to a very much better degree than say wife of world one which is just like we love being school idols i love muse yay yay 
And I like the ones where like the bands cross over, like right. where they just mix up like four characters because they all go to the same school, but they don't really have a relationship otherwise. And it's just like weird to see them mix like that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a pair of sisters, I believe they're twins. One plays in the idol group type, and the other one plays for the goth band. Right. I've seen tw- I've seen Reddit chatter about this that Hina, the idol girl one, might be played like she's Spectrum Jace. Okay. Like her jam is like. She's been awesome at everything her whole life and right. doesn't understand people who aren't or okay. who have to work at things. Okay. So that's why she joins Pastel Palettes. If she <laughs> just wants to understand people better. Right. Like, why do you do this? You're not good at it. Why do you keep trying? <laughs> like, that's legit how she's played. Ouch. And it's legit how she's played in the, in the thing. Like, but the one person she idolizes is her sister, Sayo, who plays in the, uh, in the goth band, Roselia. And Hina always wants to, like, better their relationship, but... Sayo's super insecure because Hina's awesome at everything. And Sayo works so hard at guitar so she can be like, it's the one thing she has. Right. And then there was this one old event. Basically, they put up, you can access all the stories from old events, even if you missed them or you weren't playing the game there. You can go right. back in the archive and read all these events. So I read a bunch of them mm-hmm. just one afternoon. I had nothing else to do. I was like, well, let me dig into these. You don't get anything for it. There's no, like, you know, you don't get any free currency or anything for going through them. It's just. But you're enriching your experience of the story, I'm understanding the characters better. And, like, something like Hina and Sayo's relationship where, like, there was one where Hina really wanted Sayo to, like, watch a video of her performance. Right. And Sayo watches it and it's like, motherfucker, she's already better than me. Like, Yeah. And her dealing with that, Hina not understanding why she's being cold to her type of thing. Like, it's like a little four, like, four little three-minute episode type things that, like, they just, like you said, they, they enrich the story. Yeah. And some of them are exceptionally stupid, like when Hello Happy World goes on, like, a treasure hunt. That's stupid. Or they rescue a penguin that they find in the subway. That is amazing. <laughs> Shut your face. Um, or there was another one where it was Hina. Hakanai. 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 God bless you, Kyra. And, um... Oh, the lead singer from Afterglow, who's super, like, cold. They all go to the same school together. Yeah. And they're, like, investigating the mysteries of their school. And it's, like, a weird ghost story thing. And they're, like, <gasps> they, you know, hijinks ensue type of thing. But, like, again, these are characters who, like, they don't play in the same band. They never cross paths. But yeah. those ones that mix the characters better, I was I was greatly enjoying. And does it much better than, like I said, we love Muse. We'll be together forever. <laughs> Music forever. You're always my first wife, Uzo. I love you. Um... What else is in there? Just a just a barrage of Netflix shows. All right, let's list them. Dairy Girls. Yeah. Mm. Mm. I realize now, as I say that, I don't remember a single thing that happened in that season because I just fucking gorged them. I just really need to rewatch them. Um, it's a a really delightful, fun show. Watch did, it with. Did you watch season two yet? No. Oh God, I can't say. Watch yet. it. Watch it with uh, subtitles. I just because I'm just remembering now what happened in the last episode, and I was like. <gasps> It was really sweet. <laughs> I'm remembering it. Oh, um, look at his sweet little face. He's delighted. It was really sweet. It was really yeah. nice. James- it is definitely weird when Jordan says, hey, have you watched this this Irish show? Did you watch this Irish show? We were talking the first time we talked about Dairy Girls about how like the troubles are like a part of the show, but like... In the background. Oh, in the background. So like a perfect example, mild spoilers, but it's like they're trying to go somewhere. Yes. And they have snuck out. And they have a, what's her name? Michelle? The trashiest yes. one? She's got a suitcase full of vodka. Yeah. Yeah, she does. But they've put on the seat in front of her. Yeah. And they're on this bus. I don't know where they're, they're trying to get. They're trying to get to the north, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and Sister Michael happens to get on the bus. Yeah. 
and they're like not telling her anything. And Sister Michael's like, hmm, goes to her seat. The woman she's sitting with, I think, is like eating an egg salad sandwich or something. And yeah. Sister Michael's not having it. And she's coming over and she's like, girls, move your bag. Like, I don't, I don't want to sit there. I want to sit here. Yeah. And they're immediately like, that's not our bag. She's like, this isn't your bag. No, we know we've never seen that bag before. Excuse me. <laughs> Can anybody claim responsibility for this bag? And no one goes, nobody no. takes responsibility. So immediately they consider it a bomb threat and, you know, the bus is stopped and the military comes and defuses it, you know, blows it up with a robot type of shit. Like, and it's just vodka. Because of course, because it's the Troubles, yes. a strange bag is immediately going to be thought of as a bomb. Yeah. High jinks. High jinks. But serious <laughs> because yes. it was a horrible time to live in. That's the line this show toes and does it exceptionally well. Watch Dairy Girls. So, a tragic of six episodes. Yeah, but season. that's what also makes it good. I know I'm the strongest proponent for keep shit short, but it makes it good. Just give me a list. Give me like two more. Give me eight, oh, eight episodes a season. Uh, Dear White People season three. Yeah, burn through that. How's that? <sighs> that's all I have to say. Okay. I remember liking the first season a lot. Thinking the second season was going a little weird, and the third season is like too hyper aware. When you're making jokes about like. That's lame, like the third season of a Netflix show. No. no, uh, wah, no. Wah, wah, wah. Although I will say uh, Logan Browning, who plays uh, Sam on the show, has a couple of mo- There was a moment, and I th- it might even be like the last episode, where like these two supporting characters, they've been in a relationship, and they've been like circling each other the whole time. They haven't been on the same page, and now they're like... Um, there's like a Me Too moment in the show, yep. and the uh, the boyfriend immediately is like, no, he never would, and he like comes around, and they're having their reconciliation moment, and there's like a pause, and you realize that because the girl shares a room with Sam, yeah. the camera just pans over, and she's like, y'all, I'm watching this Shamu documentary finally, <laughs> and I'm ready to make some changes in my life. <laughs> <laughs> and I fucking howled. Like, there's two moments back to back in that scene where she just, her comic timing is fucking amazing, so... Shouts to Lauren Browning. She's shows worth watching for that, if nothing else. Um, Glow season three. Yeah, burn through that. How is that? Better than Dear White People, but still the third season of a Netflix show. Okay, okay. <laughs> Netflix got to work on that. Um, yeah, I mean it's fine. I'm not. Gonna, I always enjoy when Alison Brie believes in the role. Shall we say? Okay, so that means she's naked at some point. Yep. It was funny. It was for a bit. They're in Vegas this season. Yes. Um, I've seen the trailers. All right. I know what's going on. Oh, girl, okay. And she's like trying to like cheer up. I know her real name. I don't know her name in the show. Liberty Bell. Okay. So she puts on like a showgirl, like a giant showgirl thing. Yeah. And she's like, huh? Is this working? Is this working? And she's like mildly smirking. She's like, no, it does not work for you. And she just rips her shirt open and she's topless. And she's like, what about now? And like walks up to her and puts her tits on her shoulder. And it's like, what about now? Is it working now? Um, it was funny and enjoyable, but that character, that, that character remains super frustrating because Kate and I were talking off mic earlier about people who, um, pursuing dreams that maybe it ain't going to happen. It's not going to happen. And it's time to just, uh, adjust course, accept mediocrity to a certain extent and, uh, yeah. maybe search for greatness elsewhere. Yeah. I just think that like, it's fine, but you, cause you gotta, sometimes you gotta really want things. And I know people who are like. Blood, sweat, and tears, man. And if you are not doing blood, sweat, and tears, if you think you're just going to get noticed by a producer in the mall, it's not going to happen. By the end of the season, it's like this amazing opportunity is given to her like to free them from 
not like it's purgatory in, yeah. uh, in Vegas, but I mean, they've been at this point in the show, they've been at it for a year. Right. They're going on Christmas break and Ruth gets presented this crazy opportunity that is referred to as like, you know, this is our off ramp. Like yeah. we can do it for ourselves type of thing. But no, she still wants to be an actress. <sighs> she doesn't want an off ramp. She never even got on the road, Kate. Got on the road. No. <laughs> no. Yeah, that's what I was doing when I was watching this episode. I was no. like, Alison Brie, I adore you. Your character is being real dumb right now. And Mark Maron continues to be delightful on that show. He's not in it too much this season. Right. Which I mean is fine. It's not supposed to be. Yeah. It's not supposed to be the Sam show, but all the scenes with him and his daughter and that character's development as he embraces being a sort of father to her has been been somewhat charming and delightful. Um, like, listen, it's these are summer Netflix shows, right? Like, Yes, they are. If the thing we're talking about in the back half of the show is like, you know, maybe the marquee of this of month the summer? and yeah. this summer, it's still only eight episodes. Yep. We've still got a fair bit of summer left. So, I mean, are, are, they, re, are they reinventing the wheel? Are they going to blow your mind? No, they're not. No. But, I mean, they're, they're fine. Um, besides watching things. Yeah. The only thing else I have to add to this is that I have been on Twitter lately, weirdly. Um, yeah. So. Doing what? I have. Do you want to put out your. Started following. Uh Uh-oh. Men writing women. Which is. Oh, that's, yeah. That is. That is a dark place. It's the dark night of the soul kind of place. You want to hear? If you like anyone, if you've ever liked an author, and maybe you've blotted stuff out. They'll they'll bring it right up. And they tell you who it is and what it's from, by and large. Like, immediately I'm thinking about, like, when Murakami's last book came out, and there was apparently some scene where, like, a dude just kept coming in a moment. Like, and the description of that. I'm like, bruh. Yeah. Why do we have to do Um, this? I actually don't know which author this is, but this is just a snippet. This is at Men Writing Women? This is this is men writing women posting it, it, this. It is exactly what it says. It is, yeah. it is excerpts from novels written by men. Yep. Featuring scenes with female characters. Yeah. Um, and what's really great about this is the comments. Of course, they are all star comments. They they are. Listen, if amazing. you if you curate your Twitter experience, it is the definition of like this website is free, y'all. Like yeah, yeah. Um. So the, and there's always like sort of a, a, usually a witty tag by the woman who runs men writing women to whatever, whatever little snippet she's introducing. In this case, it's breasts now have entire personalities. This is, this is the uh, excerpt. And this is just like a, a granule. The, the tippest of icebergs. Rico's body was white and pure and her swelling breasts conveyed a firm and chaste refusal. But upon con- consent those breasts were lavish with their intimate welcoming warmth um okay yeah it doesn't it doesn't make any sense the the description of breasts that men like to write don't make any sense they have their own climates they've got their own you know what it reminds me of Hmm. it is like the verbal written equivalent of that gross trash fire game that you play destiny child um where like body parts have their own people who have never seen women yes draw them or people who have never had a sexual uh encounter experience um write about it it is the 
It is the Steve Carell saying, like a bag of sand, in video game form. Yeah. Um, one of the... The thing that really, like, hooked me was the offhanded description in some thriller novel, some mystery, uh, some offhand description of a dead woman where they the investigator mentioned that she had just a couple things in her vagina, like a credit card and a bus pass. Nature's pocket. Yeah. No. Just. I. No. 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 No, God, please, no. 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 Absolutely fucking not. Proud City has led many people astray. <clears throat> so yeah, that was also this is that has been a lot of fun. Just getting those notifications, enjoy, enjoy, enjoying your Twitter, enjoying um, uh, things that, as some people have uh, replied with, um, this is one of Pulitzer Prize. Um, just no, <laughs> yeah, hmm. yeah. Old white men really love their own dicks. It's not even old white men; it's just men. Men are just, bleh, bleh. just. <laughs> And it oh, there's always boobs involved. Always. And like within a second, it's boobs. 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 Um, one thing I forgot to mention. Did I mention that I, my delight when I realized Happy Endings was on Amazon Prime? Did I mention that on my... I don't, I I don't, don't remember. remember. If I did, I'm sorry, you have to hear it again for two minutes, but Happy Endings is on Amazon Prime and it's a perfect background make dinner show excellent if you've gone through brooklyn 99 and the good place 1700 times and want something else don't want to watch the office again it's there it's good it's fine i don't know that it holds up as well as we thought it did Mm -hmm. in in a pre-trump world but (laughs) but there you go it's really stark (laughs) it's like man remember when we were all kind of happy and this things were cool and then they stopped yeah. Caitlin brought up something from the World Wide Web. I would also like to bring up something from the World Wide Web that yep. I watched that yep. popped into my head just now. Mm-hmm. In addition to apparently uh, watching The Wire out of order in three-minute increments, most of my YouTube viewing has been either the official podcast version or the World Wrestling Entertainment sanctioned version of tag team Kurt Hawkins and Zack Ryder buying action figures around the country. Amazing. This is fascinating to me because... Mr. Malash and I, when we discuss records, buying records, yep. cleaning records, yep. organizing records, yep. how to spend our money on records, yep. where to purchase records, mm-hmm. it is a thing we call the sickness. Okay. Yes. Because it is a sickness. Here's a perfect example of the sickness for you, Caitlin, that happened a scant two days ago. Okay. I was here with the reorganization of the Polly Pocket. It's much easier for me. Faster for me to play records. Yeah. They're more accessible. Absolutely. And with the turntable just on the top there. It looks beautiful. You can't see it, friends. But I mean, before I had to like dig into a cubby, basically. Yes. Try and get records onto my turntable. Now it's just like, I stand there, I lift it up, I put it on. It's a, that satisfaction of delicately lifting the needle. Ooh, dropping it in. Very nice. So nice. And I put on a compilation I have called, uh, I believe it's Midnight in Tokyo. I believe it might even be a bootleg, but it's Flames. Right. A bunch of stuff I never heard of. And I was just, I hadn't listened to it for a while and I put it on and there was a song on there. I don't remember who it was by, but it was called Krishna. Again, this is like a compilation of Japanese boogie and city pop and stuff. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's amazing. And I couldn't really find anything from the album. I was like, maybe I want to pick up this album when I'm over there. 
I look, I couldn't really find anything. And then I immediately saw that they did put out a, like a 45, like last year of that song. And I was like, hmm. oh, damn, I could buy that. I could buy that 45 of the song I'm currently listening to on a, on a record. On a record. You have a problem. It's the sickness, y'all. It's a problem. I didn't even realize it until after I was like pricing out. I was typing. <laughs> I was about to type the name of the 45 into my like master list. And I was like, <sighs> you are listening to this song. On vinyl right now. You do not need to buy a second copy of this song on vinyl. You don't. It is a problem. You have a problem. But it is a problem not limited to Mr. Malash and myself. Swap Mr. Malash and I for a pair of professional wrestlers and swap out records for action figures. And there you go. It is the same thing. The sickness gets us all, y'all. Except for me. What? What? That is about organization. Hmm? He's pointing Hmm? to books and they're not Hmm? organized properly. That is just a normal reaction. A normal reaction. Totally normal. That's what you're going with? Yep. Okay. It's going to start making the sound. <laughs> What's the sound? <laughs> the, the, Mar- the March Simpson. <laughs> so yeah, watching these dudes um, find, hit up little shops and like lose their mind when they find some like, you know, 1993 Undertaker figure with a rare paint colorway type of thing. <laughs> They always explain why it's important to them, but like the craziest one, and like this is the other reason why I love their dynamic is because Zack Ryder is very much if he goes to a store, he's going to buy something, right? At least one thing. And what did he? What did the other guy refer to it as? On precision purchasing. Precision pur- purchasing. Your man's is a much more of a precision purchaser. Yes. We went to Hello Records when we were in Detroit. Mister Malash came out with a stack of about ten or eleven, I think, and your man's left with four. Yeah. Precision purchasing. Precision purchasing. Um, My kind of precision purchasing involves not purchasing anything. <laughs> Zero purchasing. Yeah. Decline purchasing. <laughs> yeah. That's how Caitlin rolls. Um, but yeah, you can either look up uh, like WWE Figure It Out or uh, I think it's called the Major WF Pod wrestling figure. Major WF Pod. On YouTube, you can find some videos of these fools being idiots and digging through basements and stuff. And you may not care about the subject matter per se, but like like they have a good time they have a good time they have good chemistry and just like if you want to understand what collector sickness is because oddly enough there's not a lot of academic literature about it people don't know why we do this um are you i can't tell if you're being sarcastic i am being serious last i checked really i tried to write a story about this once years ago maybe there's been advances since but when i like i worked at a university i went to the university library and tried to look stuff up there had not been a lot of research on you write this on collector you write this Tell me is to write this. It's going to take me places I don't want to go. Maybe you Hanging do. with the Steve Buscemi's and Ghost Worlds of the world. Somebody has to go there. Why is it got to be me? Can I go to a fun place? Because I've decided that you're going to write it. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, we're going to go off mic right now to discuss this in further detail. But when we come back, there's a term in football, which uh, I believe it happens when the quarterback calls a play and then he changes the play. Mm-hmm. Is that how it works, football girl? Uh, not not usually. Where it's like, I'm going to go for a pass. Oh, no, I didn't go for a pass. I tossed it to a runner. Like, right. Called an audible. Right. Changed the plans. Mm-hmm. That's what we're doing today. I'll tell you why when we come back after this break. Hi. 
Hi, everyone, and welcome to the back half of the show. This is the section of the show where we usually talk about the things we brought each other, but because it's August Watcharama, we're going to talk about the thing that we decided to talk about a long time ago, and that's why I totally forgot, and it's totally not my fault, and please don't be mad at me. I'm not mad at you. I just think it's funny. He said it was a very Caitlin thing to do, and I don't know how I feel about that. I don't know if it's the most Caitlin thing that's ever Caitlin on this program. Oh, it is definitely not the it's, most Caitlin it, thing to have ever Caitlin on this show. There. So, friends, uh, yeah. back when we were organizing the schedule for August Watcharama, which I believe we did before the summer hiatus, it we was did. Like, it was like let's just get this in the camp, right? Because we did the first, we recorded the first two um, when the hiatus started. Let's get this all worked out, and we, you know, we knew we had to do Stranger Things. In the interest of time, yeah. we did the comic, Die. Yeah. yeah. Um, obviously, we were going to give her Gentleman Jack. Mm-hmm. I was like, what was that fourth one going to be? <laughs> well, well, first we said, first we said it was going to be one thing, and then we switched, and I agreed to the switch, and I totally was like, that's great, and then I forgot. Did we originally say this thing that we're going to talk about? Yes. Oh. Yeah. Well, she floated that, and I said, well, there's also the matter of... My friend at work who loves DuckTales and always really, always really wanted me to watch it. May we do that? A little something for the people. And Kate was like, sure. It'd be great. It'd be great. Like that. And then Kate rolled in here today and said, well, no, we're doing the boys, right? And I went, what? Now, there had been a lot of boys talk this week. Yeah. I certainly understand why this miscommunique may have happened. We were both watching it, but I just thought we were watching it because... We were watching it. You've been amped for it for, like, months. Yeah. Yelling, screaming at Amazon every chance you can get. <laughs> well, I was mad they kept advertising it and then not letting me watch going it. going to watch it, but it ain't there. So, I understand how this could have happened. And Megan, if you listen to this, if you just ask me at work, I will tell you this story. I apologize. We may never get to DuckTales at this point. No, we are doing it in September. I'm so sorry, Megan. <laughs> I'm so sorry. It wasn't on purpose. They're really bad. Well, we can't do nothing about that now. All we can do is talk about the boys. But before we talk about the boys, we still got rules. We do. The first one is the rule of three. Give three episodes. Give it a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. I find that more with prestige television, you don't need to give it as much of a chance. Mostly because I've like worked at the kinks. Perhaps not. And also they run a solid hour. Yep. Um, the second rule is hashtag save it for the pod. Don't talk about the thing. Maybe in future talk about the thing to ensure that it is the thing you should be talking about. Uh, well, see, and I should have known something was wrong because Jordan did mention a couple things about the boys. And I almost said to him, don't talk about the thing, rule two. And then I was like, oh, it's fine. He's just saying that he's enjoying it, whatever. But I should, I just, I should have, there was a, there was a moment and I should have, Captured that moment. Have rules for a reason, reason. Caitlin. <sighs> Should have known. But anyways, so yes, that's rule number two. Because we want to give you the freshest of takes. The freshest. And we're actually pretty fresh this right now. Yeah. Um, freshest we've been in a long ass time. <laughs> long time. And the third rule, which isn't really a rule, is that there will be spoilers. We're going to spoil some shit. Kate got to the first three episodes. I have seen the whole thing, but because Kate has not yet, I will be... Self-editing, what I say, but if you are not at at least the first three episodes of The Boys and you want to investigate it at some point, you don't want any spoilers, we understand. Totally get it. But 
in your best interest, you should probably wait on you, kid. Oh, God. You should get the fuck out. <laughs> Go on. Get. Just get, get, get out of here. Yeah. Don't even, don't even get my shotgun. Get. Um, no, you should just, you should go in the nicest way. Like, you should get the fuck out of here. Like, no, there's nothing mean behind that. I'm not mad that you're here. (laughs) I'm doing it for your own good. I'm just saying, like, go watch the first three episodes. It's great. You'll enjoy it. You can come back. And then we won't spoil things for you. Nope. And that's what we want. We just want to have, like, a really easygoing, open, non-spoiler environment this time. And this is on you. So you, ha- you have a part to play here. Yes. Caitlin. Yeah. Tell us about the boys. Um, I didn't know you were going to do this to me. Uh, I'll tell us about the boys. T- give us, Jordan, give me one tell second. us about the boys. So, what is the boys? You've probably been hearing a lot about it the past couple weeks. The Boys is an American superhero web television series. They always do that just because it's on streaming. It's just a TV show. It's just a TV show. Superhero television series based on the comic book of the same name by Garth Ennis and Derek Robinson, developed by Eric Kripke for Amazon. It follows the titular team of vigilantes as they fight back against superpowered people who abuse their abilities. It stars posse member Carl Urban. Yeah, it does. Jack Quaid, Anthony Starr, Aaron Moriarty, Dominique McGilligot, sure, Jesse T. Usher, Laz Alonzo, Chase Crawford, Tomer Capone, Karen Fukuhara, Nathan Mitchell, and Elizabeth Shue. It debuted on July 26th. Really? It's been that long already? Yep. Life comes at you fast. And it runs a total of eight episodes that all dropped on the same day in the Netflix streaming binge model. Uh, what is your premise here? The boys are set in a universe where superpowered people are recognized as heroes by the general public and owned by powerful corporation Vought International, who ensures that they are properly marketed and monetized. Outside of their heroic personas, most are arrogant and corrupt. The series primarily focuses on two groups, the titular boys, vigilantes looking to keep the corrupted heroes under control, and the seven Vought International's premier superhero team. The boys are led by Billy Butcher, mm, Urban, Ooh, Urban, who despises all superpowered people, and the seven are led by the egotistical and unstable Homelander. As the conflict ensues between the two groups, the series also follows new members of each team. Hugh, Huey Campbell of the boys, who joins the vigilantes after his girlfriend is killed by a member of the seven, and Annie January, a.k.a. Starlight of the Seven, a young and hopeful heroine forced to face the truth about the heroes she admires. Yes. So, that is where we are here. Uh, despite being a Girth NS fan, yep. and really enjoying a lot of his work, deliberately steered clear from this comic. Really? Back in the day, Yes. Seemed a little too edgelord for my taste. Okay, yeah. I've actually heard that criticism leveled at it. Um, was a... Because also, Ennis had done something kind of... He had done these things. There was a series called The Authority that DC put out. And Ennis would write these... Uh, should be said. One thing you need to know about Garth Ennis, writer of Preacher and Old Hellblazer, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, yep. Loathes superheroes. Yeah. Hates them. Yeah. Thinks they are a terrible plague on comic art form. Yep. Any chance he can get to take the piss out of superheroes... He does. Yes, so he does. So he would have this, he had the series based in the sort of offshoot DC Universe called Wildstorm featuring The Authority, which was this really popular superhero time around the turn of the century. And he wrote this book called Kev about a guy who was maybe like a clumsy kind of black ops character who would still always 
make fools of and defeat the authority. Right. The only Marvel superhero he ever wrote was the Punisher for the longest time. I think it was the longest running mature titles Marvel book, Marvel Max. Ooh. They tried that once. Yep. <laughs> they all fell except for the Punisher. Mm-hmm. Um, notably, when he did the mandatory Wolverine crossover, he just like shit all over Wolverine for like 32 pages. Like he got run over by Steamroller at one point. Like it was. He, he really doesn't like superheroes. Does not like superheroes. And this is like him hating superheroes like at its most. Obvious. At its most. Um, and there's a quote he said at the time, apparently, that was like, this book will out-preach your preacher. Right. R.E. Gore. Nastiness. Mm-hmm. You know, twistedness. Mm-hmm. I read that quote and I'm like, did you even read your own book, my dude? Like, <laughs> this... That's what Preacher was about. Yeah, but sure, Preacher had, you know, angels doing coke and weird guys fornicating with giant meat women. But, like, it was also, like, a love story of Jesse and Tulip and the struggle of Cassidy trying to become a better man after turning into a dickbag for 100 years type of thing because he was immortal. You know, there was a heart there. His run on Hellblazer was, like, yes, dickish John Constantine, but made good use of this, you know, old story Hellblazer story about the time he like inadvertently condemned to like a 11 year old girl to hell and was like yeah his one his greatest failure yeah um and it's what always used that a lot to bring like pathos to the character type mm-hmm. of thing but it just seemed like his take on this and everything I knew about the story was like nah pass for me right it's a little skeptical going into this yeah I will withhold judge I will withhold my opinion long enough to ask Caitlin hers Caitlin, who has been souped amped for this from the jump, mm-hmm. has it been living up to your expectations? Yeah, it has. Things people need to know about me. Love violence. And I love gore. And this has got a lot of both. <laughs> like, a lot. Um, and I love interesting takes on genres. So when you take a genre, and whether because of... Um, oh, I'm uh, Justice League World. No, Justice, you know, the one that you gave me that I really liked and had Batman, he was all like, get the hell out of the seat. And it was very funny. Green Lantern. Oh, he had a whole, had to use a whole bunch of B characters because everyone was on like different books. Oh, Justice League uh, International. There we go. I almost got it. Um, whether it's because you're, there's some sort of like, uh, restraint on what you can do or you have to use certain characters or because you're just trying to take a different look at a genre. I love stuff like that. So a especially with all of the saturation of superheroes, I love the idea of having superheroes be the bad guys and this amazing world where people are fighting back and someone explodes. So, yeah, uh, I, I glossed over it in the premise, but I don't even know that it counts as a spoiler because it happens so quickly in the first episode. Huey, our everyman character, gets roped into this when, as yeah. he's leaving work with his, uh, with his girlfriend, Robin, they pause to discuss whether or not they will move in together. And she's standing kind of off the sidewalk, just on the curb. And you know, they go in for a kiss and then Robin explodes. Yeah. Very graphically. Very graphically. Because she has been, she has collided with A-Train, who is this universe's Flash. 
Uh, A-Train collided with her. He's run through her. Yes. And valid point. I'm sure if the Flash was zipping through Star City, Central City, wherever the hell he was. Yeah. It stands to reason. Probably when you're running at the speed of light, you may collide with somebody. Well, I kind of disagree with that, but we can get into that later if you want. And this rage that Huey is developing is sort of manipulated by the mysterious Billy Butcher, played by Carl Urban, who finds him, tracks him down, um, and tries to initially kind of use him believe it's more of like a short-term need he has for him yes initially as um as they are sort of ambushed by member of the seven translucent who is just diamond skin and can turn invisible yep um things continue to escalate and Huey gets more and more involved etc 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 um if i didn't live in trump's america yeah. I don't live in Trump's America, bless, but if I didn't <laughs> exist in a world where Trump's America existed, yeah. I might not find this show as like creepily resonant as it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's like it's weird. We're kind of not that far. And if there were superheroes in this world, this is exactly how they would be. Like Oh yeah. Um, I'm not I'm not too uh I'm not so naive that I don't think this would happen to a certain extent if superheroes did exist. From what I have heard, this show has already made substantial changes to the source material from the source material. Yeah, I know a little bit about the source material, and yes, it has. Like even the, so that's on the one side is that's Huey's story up to this point. And on the other side, we have uh, Annie, aka Starlight. Yeah. Who, I'll say it, best character. Fantastic. Character. Love her story. Love yep. everything she goes through in the show. Um, and what starts with her is when she's very. She's applying for a job in the Seven, which is the Justice League, basically. Yeah. Um, and she gets the job and immediately bumps into, shortly thereafter, her orientation, where she's, like, you know, getting the marketing briefing and, like, you know, she's got this handler who's always around with her. Yep. Talking about her brand and how they're going to, like, get her image out there, et cetera, et cetera. She kind of stops by the Situation Room, where they, you know, check out the stories of the day and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and the deep is there. Yep. This this universe is Aquaman, Namor, what have you. Yeah. And Annie talks about, you know, wanting to, what it was like for her growing up and, you know, how much she idolized the seven and how she like, oh, it's kind of embarrassing, but I had a crush on you growing up. And he's like, well, that's all I needed to hear. Here's my wang. Yeah. The first shot you get that this is not going to go... This is not what she thought it was. No. Um, that said, despite being the asshole he is, yeah, the deep has a kind of good character arc by the time really the season's over. Yeah, he's he's got an interesting arc. Okay. Um, okay, that's interesting to know. He has to deal with the ramifications of his actions. Good. <laughs> Imagine that. Good, um, and that that the, how you know it's a it's a a different type of world. Um, but in the the right, right the reason I brought all that up is because in the original comic, I think it's apparently Homelander who does it to her, right? And yeah. two others come in, like A Train and someone else, or like you know Black Noir or something. Black Noir, what a name! Um, <laughs> Black Black, Black Black. Um, they come in and she's like, "Oh my god, you have to help me!" And then they drop their pants too, right? Like, 
That's how like awful. That's the comic version yeah. of it. It's like the t- the TV version of it at least goes one wang's enough. Yeah, that'll get the point across. Yeah, we don't need to go no. that overboard here. So that's the sense I'm getting is that they have cooler heads have somewhat prevailed in the you know nuance of some of these depicting right. some of these awful things. Yeah, you can show awful things, but there's there's levels to this shit and 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 wh- what are you trying to depict with the awful things? Yes, that's do- that's what's the important in the in the changes. Yes, the when you are in danger of tipping over into revelry. Yes. Um which Garth Ennis, I give you a lot of pass, but you are guilty of, maybe not as much as Mark Miller, but <laughs> you're you yeah. are guilty of it. Yeah. Um episode 2, I believe, depicted the way I hope to leave this earth. Uh no, that's episode three. That's episode three? She yeah. knows exactly what I'm talking about. Yes, I do. How do I want to die, Caitlin? Uh, by a super heroine crushing your skull with her vagina on your face. Hell yeah. I was like, man, if, if I ever have to go, please just let me either get my head crushed or suffocate while, while a beautiful woman sits on my face. There you go. That's uh, make something a wi- you know about Jordan now. Make a wish foundation if you're listening. You only get that if you're ill and you're a child. What is wrong with you? We have to talk... I meant if I'm ill. We have to talk about the most important change that's very frustrating and definitely deducts points from the show. Oh. Huey, as his name suggests, should be Scottish. Oh, God. Fine. Move it to America. I think it works better. Do you know the in-joke there? What in-joke? In the book, he was drawn... Similar to how when Mark Miller had instructed the artist of Wanted to make him look like Eminem. Right. He's like, oh, we'll say that he wants to be in the movie and we'll sell it, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. He was meant to be drawn like a Simon Pegg type character. Like a who? Simon Pegg type character. That's funny. Simon Pegg plays Huey's dad. Yeah. Um, and we know Simon Pegg can do a Scottish accent, so I don't understand what the problem is there. <laughs> um, what's Yeah. That just, to me, I'm like, don't do that. That's stupid. Just make him Scottish. We need more Scottish representation, as far as I'm concerned. So I don't... I'll let you talk about any plot details, because I don't want to slip up and... Because I watched them basically in two days, right. and... Um, we, we really dug this show, y'all. Yes. So, the thing I would mention before about how I don't think The Flash would run through somebody mm. is because, besides The Flash being very conscientious, um, The Flash wasn't also on Crank superhero crank and that was the point right the point was that a train was jacked on something that made him careless and reckless and kill a woman um that's and that's the original thread that starts getting starts getting pulled here is because he's heard to say i can't stop i can't stop yeah um why was he acting that way there are rumors of this stuff called compound v yeah they don't know what it is um or what it does they figure it out pretty quickly in the scheme of the show, but... Yes. And um, the other thing that um, I enjoy specifically about the A-Train character and Huey's relationship is that the A-Train continually doesn't recognize Huey. Oh, yeah. He's nothing to him. Yeah. Even after... Like, there's a moment where Huey's, like, snuck into A-Train's girlfriend's apartment. He's got into all her cameras. Also, a thing I really liked. You know, we don't have to sneak anything in. We can just actually use her devices that are already there. Mm. Um, 
and that Huey has found a way to like pull his weight on the team. Yes. Um, because otherwise he's just an average Joe. Hugh- Huey works at like a a Best Buy ish, but like a mom and pop type electronics store, which yeah. is you can tell this came from a comic book written like in 2004 and that was like still a viable (laughs) job option but anyway yeah he bumps into a train on his way out and it's just like and and he's so worried because he thinks that a train will recognize him and they're busted a train finally says you want to (laughs) autograph and it's just this great moment and it and like just continually has happened so yeah i i like all those touches um I like how violent and gory it is. We know I don't like torture, but I definitely love violence. And it should be said, <laughs> she does have a problem. It should be said, like, it looks as good as Captain Marvel. Or oh, like, yeah. It looks like a movie. It, mm-hmm. Like, the VFX here are like, you know, chef's kiss. They're like, yeah. super well done. It's like an eight hour movie. Like, yeah. somebody with some money uh, ponied up here. And maybe they saved a lot by filming it in Toronto. First time I've ever noticed, like, Toronto. Super Toronto like landmarks. So there's super air super center, super Oh you you tell me one you spotted? Is Roy Thompson Hall, except they put a tower on it. Oh, is that what it was? I saw I saw her speak I saw Queen Maeve speaking in front of uh Roy Thompson Hall or the Sony Center. And then if if they've just like done this really cool digital thing where they've just made it into a tower. Um yeah, I'm normally Toronto locations like just straight over my head. I don't it never it never takes me out of it. And even this didn't take me out of it. But I was like, you know, Butcher and Huey are having their Times Square moment. And I was like, oh, that is clearly Young and Dundas. Yeah. Um, Which is nothing like Times Square. <laughs> that is clearly those, uh, those you know, that botanical garden over on Sherburn near the dog park. Yeah. <laughs> like, um, that is clearly the Chinese grocery store I was in three days ago. <laughs> yeah. Did you, did you get to that? Is the Asian girl around yet? No. Okay. That must happen in, damn. It is a blur, y'all. That's not a spoiler. She's in the promo. Uh, yeah. But yeah, the the search for the Compound V and what it is and what they're doing with it and how much people know and how much Vought is controlling, controlling things. things. Um, their end game ultimately, and I don't know if this comes up in the first three, it's a minor tick, I guess, is like they want to get into the military. They want to become a military contractor, yes. basically. They want to find a way to force the U.S. government's hand to allow this to happen because they're like, no, you keep them over there and we are the government and the military and you are a private corporation and you stay over there. And yeah, and and I will say, we'll follow up on this after you've seen the whole thing. Absolutely. um, Greatly deviates from the source material by the end. Okay. Greatly. Hey, good Um, to know. To the point where like, you know, I, I finished it. I had questions, did a few quick Googles and, you know, searches and whatever. Mm-hmm. And, like, the articles were basically, like, we are off the map already. Like, Which I think is good. Like, so do I. Like, yeah. And I've read, you know, <clears throat> I have this thing sometimes where I ruin things deliberately for myself because I hate a character so much and I just need to know. What happens? Like, what happens to them? I had an anime that did that for me once. I don't know. It might have been Bakugo. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Fucking Bakugo. They want to hear that name again. I hate Homelander so much. And you're supposed to. I know. But I just wanted to. I went through most of the season being like, what do I live for, Kate? Uh, just give him something to think about. Just give him the gut check. Just something. I'm not going to say if I got it or I'm not going to say if I got it or not, but like that's what I was like waiting for the entire time. 
And so then I hopped on the wikis and I was like, I still hate him so much. Right. <laughs> I was like reading through and I saw how like his story in the comics kind of plays out. And But I don't even know if they can do that with the way they've currently set up the, uh, I don't the think, show. I don't think they can. It doesn't make any sense. Um, it is It is such a big change from the source material that I think we're just like completely... There will be some minor moments, I'm sure, that are lifted from the comics still, but... But yeah. It's exciting to think that... uh they're just completely uncharted territory and the, you know, they didn't go through like four volumes of the graphic novel before they veered off course and people yeah. thought they could predict it. They're just like, fuck it. Let's just do it now. And I think that's the perfect thing to do when you're taking uh, comics to a television show by and large. I just think that they're so different. Um, the storytelling is so different and even the same with novels, right? There's so much uh, richer worlds that you can build with writing um, that you just, you're going to have to change things. Um, and I, I like when they, they are like, this is a great premise. There are things in this world that are fantastic. Let's use it and make a different story. And I also enjoy how all of them are, the seven that is, are like pricks for different reasons. Right. They all have different reasons for being prickish. Mm-hmm. Um, and I like how scary Homelander is. One's a, dr- yeah, one's a drug dealer. Homelander is just a complete insane fascist. Oh, um, totally crazy. With a very strange relationship with Elizabeth Shue. With Maeve. Um, and with Maeve, but more yeah. so with Stillwell. Yeah. Um, Adrian's a crank addict. Maeve's just kind of like a drunk and doesn't really GAF about anything yeah. anymore. And the Deep's a sexual harasser. Yeah. And we don't know about Noir yet. Still don't. I'll give you that. He doesn't really play much of a role. All right. Um, Excellent. Because I asked, <laughs> I asked somebody who had seen it before me. I was like, were you going to do anything with that guy? Or is he just like... There's a couple funny moments with him, but yeah. no, he doesn't really, doesn't really do anything. He gets uh, in a fight with somebody later on, but... Okay. Um... And the boys themselves, the, the titular boys, obviously, all of the actors are good. Like, mm-hmm. like I like Frenchie. Shouts to the costume designer for putting Mother's Milk in a Dale Soul t-shirt near the end of the season. Amazing. Um, and the story of the uh, of the uh, Asian, um, I think she's Cambodian, actually, that they end up finding um, throughout the season. Her story is really good as well. I enjoyed that, obviously. No one's surprised that Jordan enjoyed the story about the... About the Asian lady fighting machine. Yeah. It's almost like it's in my wheelhouse. Yeah. I am giving this, having seen the whole season. They're coming for you, Jordan. Ready for that take. A nine. Yeah. It seems. Seemsies. This is a good way to end August Watcherama. It's like I, I was expecting something that would be the inclusion of oh, fucking hell. Yeah. <laughs> The ha- takes are too hot, Jordan. Too hot. That's right. Come and get him. <laughs> the boys is good. Yeah, what a flaming hot take. <laughs> the inclusion of the Annie character. I don't know how much ink she gets in the actual comic, but I mean... The I mean, u- she did, they do... She she does go through some of what she's going mm. through, right? But the use of her here is a you know balance and a palate cleanser to the kind of you yeah. know, gleeful nihilism, ethnicism that... Mm-hmm permeates on the boy side of things right. so you know you get the boy side of things and then you get her struggling with like oh i actually do believe in like trying to like save people. change the world and save people but yeah. you know they trot me out on some you know church revival stage to because they think that's my base i play well to the you know middle america yeah christian demo so i gotta they expect me to go out there and talk about jeebus yeah um her struggle with the disillusionment of that was is is i thought balances the rest of it 
um, very effectively. Yeah, that's great. So that's on your Amazon Primes. Yeah, and it's fantastic, so you should watch it. Highly recommended. Yeah, especially if you like violence and gore like I do. It's pretty violent, y'all. It's very violent. A lot of people exploding. So many people exploding. So far in, like, three episodes, we've got 2.5 people exploding. (laughs) You're keeping a tally. Yeah. (laughs) Y'all, you don't want to see the looking around when I ask that question. And they're already filming season two. God, I hope there's a quick turnaround on this. I'm kind of jonesing a bit. Seriously. (laughs) Let's go. And if you see Carl Urban out in the city, please let me know where he hangs out. I want to... I kind of want to low-key creep him. Also me, I will come to Toronto and have lunch. I don't want, you know, to pay a lot of money to take a picture of him, but... Patrons, you know, we're all about lunch. Yep. Not about autograph fees. No. I just want to hang with someone and ask them questions about what it's like being famous. I got a lot of questions about that. Well, August Watcharama in the books again. Another one down. Damn, son. Can you believe we made it? Wow. We are tired. We are we tired are, and thirsty. We are real tired, and our voices are raspy, so we are going to wrap this up, because the content mill can't kill us yet. Not yet. If you need to get at us, you can at any of the socials mentioned at the top of the show, mostly Twitter. Get above Twitter. Just get us at Twitter. Yeah, that makes no sense. At GeekDownPod. We'll be back next week with, I don't I don't know, what, are we back to format? Are we just gonna... Um. Well, I think we owe... We have a special DuckTales episode? Yeah. We everyone who watched DuckTales in preparation, uh, DuckTales episode. I'm sure there's just legions of people who are so mad that they watch DuckTales now. You don't know. I got some good DuckTales takes, though. Yeah. The point is Megan wanted me to watch it, and now I watched it, so we had our chat about DuckTales. And... I'm sure Megan also wants to know what I think. <laughs> it's not all about you all the time, Jordan. Mostly, yes. Only child, Jordan. Those are my hot takes. We have clearly reached the end of civility. This recording session, so we should probably <laughs> wrap it up here. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser, and we very much appreciate you joining us for another episode of Geek Down Podcast. We hope you will come and listen to us next week. Wow. Bye. There's going to be no tag on this episode because we're all like, business time. There is going to be a tag. Jesus. It is going to be great. Fuck you. Damn, son. Start the episode.